Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Make some noise. Yeah, give honor to whom honor is due. We love our founding pastors, both of them, even though one of them left us for another man. She went home to be with Jesus, and I can't wait to join her. Hallelujah. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm going to tell you the truth here. I've been here for nearly 40 years now. This music team is the best this church has ever seen. It, it's got more depth, more consecration, more all the good things. And I just love to come and worship with them. Did you notice our Christina is back? Yeah. She's not just visiting. She came back. She's going to be with us for at least five years. Her job will keep us here, her, keep her here. Amen. So today is a good day. Today is a good day. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we come this morning, open our hearts to hear your word. Lord, we don't want to hear from me. We want to hear from you. And I know that you've chosen to use me for these many years to speak your word. And every time I stand in this pulpit, Lord, I endeavor to speak what you say, not just what I wrote down on paper. I ask you, Lord, today to speak through me let me just be a mouthpiece, a loudspeaker for you, because we want to hear your voice, your voice, Lord. We have to have your voice. Thank you, Father. I, of myself, I can do nothing, sir. I understand this fully. I thank you, Father God, that our Lord Jesus said it's the flesh profits nothing. It's only the Spirit that gives life. So give life to these words. Cause them to touch hearts today. Cause us to be changed today. Cause us to have new perspective today. And cause us to be more enthused, excited, more dedicated, consecrated, sold out for your purposes. And I thank you for it now in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, Just look around and see what we got here. I love this family. This is one, of, I don't know that the church has ever been sweeter than it is today as well. We've had many times, many more people, but I can't say that it was any sweeter than what we have today. And this is wonderful. It really is. It blesses me, blesses me completely. We're going to begin in, in, the, in the Gospel of Luke. And Blake, I'm going to be mostly in the uh, NLT today. Don't ask me why. It's just that way it worked out. Some things just too deep to explain. I'm going to begin in Luke chapter 18. Some things, sometimes I, I study things well in advance of ever knowing whether I'm, uh, that I'm going to have an opportunity to speak on them. Uh, and, and these are some of the things... Uh, some of the things today that I've been looking at for some time, and it's been working, working in me, and, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. It truly is. In Luke chapter 18, and I'm going to begin to read in the first verse, and understand today, this is, uh, l- let, me, let me qualify this before we begin. Uh, this, this will apply to everyone, but it not necessarily will apply to everyone today. Because we see things coming through the Word of God, and Jesus talked to us about the days, the end times, and how difficult they would be. And we already know that in many places on planet Earth, many people are going through much difficulty. In many places, there's severe persecution of the church, people being killed, raped, stolen, uh, tortured, burned, beheaded because of the cause of Christ. And that's so foreign to us. We hear about it, 
It kind of goes right over our head because we have no way to associate with it. But these are brothers and sisters, that, and that's happening on planet Earth today. We haven't seen that in America, but keep in mind, as you look at Portland and some of these other cities, the things that are going around our nation, that it's coming very close. You read the stories about pastors being cursed, beaten, Bibles being burned, all these kinds of things. That's in America now. So, and I thank God we live in Texas, don't you? Uh, Texas is one of a kind. Nonetheless, Jesus' words will come to pass. He didn't say them so they would. He said them and they will. And I, I think you can see the distinction there. When he spoke them, it was because they're coming to pass. It's not that he's trying to make them come to pass. He didn't have to. These things are, are set uh, and, and these things have been established since the foundations or before the foundations of the earth. We have no idea how God's plan works. He's not, he's not rolling dice with us. He's called us to this time for this purpose. And so we're going to have to change a lot of the things in our hearts, the way we're thinking, in order to be present-day victorious Christians. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today. So uh, just a little bit of a just a little bit of a, a, a disclaimer there so that you don't think that I'm preaching to anybody in particular. This is for all of us, m myself included. Luke 18, verse 1 in the New Living Translation says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to, to show that they should always pray and never give up. Is that, is that a fascinating thing he told them? Always pray, never give up. Always pray, never give up. If you don't remember anything I preach today, remember that. Always pray, never give up. Turn, tell your neighbor, always pray, never give up. Verse 2, there was a judge in a certain city, who he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. I think it's very interesting when you, when you read about uh, our jurist, uh, in Washington or wherever, in, the, in all of the federal courts. And there's so many of them today that are like that. They neither fear God or care about people. But I know that what Isaiah chapter 1, verse 24 through 26 said, and I'll just paraphrase it real quickly. If we'll believe, he'll give us judges like in the beginning, like at the first, and counselors as well. We have to pray, but the Scripture says in Isaiah 1.26, He'll give us judges as in the, at the first or in the beginning. I can believe for that, can't you? Fair judges, when we have to go to court, I want somebody that cares. But here's, here's a guy, this is in, uh, Jesus told this story, so this is an old story, at least 2,000 years, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God, I don't care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I know some of you men have said that too. Uh, probably all you married men have at some point in time. I certainly did. But she was a beautiful crazy, I'll tell you that right now. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, husbands, have you ever experienced that? Or have you ever experienced it with your children? They're wearing you out because of their constant requests, and you finally, you finally say, okay, just to shut you up, I'll get you those shoes or whatever, or what, whatever it is. We've all experienced that, have had children. And, and many of you haven't. I see a lot of faces that uh, expect it. Expect it. They, get, they, get, they come by it naturally. It's biblical. Okay. You're going to have to relax. I, I, I need a little more feedback here. Are you all asleep? Are you? And I, and I, here's something I allow. If the guy next to you goes to sleep, or in front of you, you don't don't raise. Just give them one of those, or you know, a little bump, because they'll appreciate it. Because you don't want them to miss what's being said. And some of them stayed up late last night, or some of them worked all night. 
Uh, I used to go to church after having worked all night uh, back when we were in Bible school. So don't feel bad about that because it's a whole lot better than me saying, uh, 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 Colin, wake Christina up. That, 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 okay. Everybody with me? Tell, tell your neighbor, take, take a deep breath. Relax. Laugh. That's a good, that's a good try anyway. I know nobody wants to hear about the unjust judge. I mean, this is not one of, that's one of the least scriptures, least favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. But it has some significance and some relevance to us, and I want us to see that. Because what we're seeing here and what this whole first part that we just read about is talking about our prayer connections. He gave us this story to remind us, to teach us, always pray, never give up. Always pray, never give up. There's a reason why he said these things. And that's what we're going to talk about today. In uh, 18th uh, chapter, the sixth verse, then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But, now, I think we all understand what but means. And that's not talking about a part of our anatomy. This means Everything we just talked about is now in question. But, you know, I love you, but what does that say? You follow what I'm saying? You never thought about that, did you? All right. Well, I love you, no buts. So I just, but, and this is, this is significant, but when the Son of Man returns, how many, many will he find on the earth who have faith? New King James says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And that questions, that, that's a question that, that we can possibly assume a lot from. We can assume that he's saying, I don't think that there will be that many with faith on the earth. We can assume that that's, that's what the underlying thing is here. Or maybe he's even telling us that there's not going to be that many of us in the last days. Keep these thoughts in mind. Think about them. I'm not, I'm not trying to tickle any ears today. I'm trying to get you to have a, a change of thought, a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of perspective because of the days that we live in. Because I have been very aware. I've been highly criticized over the many, many years because I have seen this coming and, uh, and I've seen it coming a long time and I've talked about it a long time and nobody wanted to hear the doom and gloom stuff that it sounds like. But they didn't want to hear the bad days are coming. Well, honey, bad days are here. COVID is just a part of that. This is not a natural thing. A matter of fact, if you got to get right down to it, sickness and disease is not a natural thing. A natural thing is health. That's the way he created it. What is natural except the way the creator created this thing? Think about it. And yet we, we have accepted it as another disease come along. And I want you to put that out of your mind because it's just not so. Not so biblically. You might think that way in the world, but it's not biblical. He created this world. Did you know that there was no death? No death when we were created. Adam fell and we're all being punished for it. Every one of us except for two. Every one of us, even Jesus, died, and he had to. Or we, or we, we would, we would uh, have eternal death. So these things are all so important. You can't, don't, don't overlook them. Just because it doesn't, it's not a, a good Scripture promise, don't overlook it. Jesus was trying to tell us something, and I think it's a, 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 a lesson for these last days. Listen for, so punch your neighbor and say, uh, pay attention here. Yeah, I, I want you to stay, I want you to keep them honest, okay? Keep them ready. Uh, there's nobody sitting there next to you, Ron, so uh, uh, Andrew, thank you. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have to keep an eye on him, okay? All right. 
When the Son of Man's, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? In, in, in the church up until today, uh, up until these days, let me say it that way, that, w- that, that, that question had no relevance because there was faith everywhere. But he's talking about a time that's coming and we've already entered into it in some degree. What would you think, it, how, would you, how would you look at this and say, how about the Christians in Middle East that are being persecuted? Their churches are built, being burned down. Their houses are being stolen. The, fam- the children are being taken away from their parents. Horrible things, horrible things, things we can't imagine, things we, would, we shudder to think about. And Christians, your brothers and sisters, whether you've seen them or not, they call upon the name of Christ. That means you're going to spend forever with them. They're going through these things right now. So how would that, that question apply to them who are being tested to the nth degree? It's not a, it's not a fun subject, but it's necessary. You know, the Bible, Bible's got a lot of stuff in there that's not necessary or, or not necessarily fun. How about when Jesus talked about that place where the worm doesn't die and the fire's never quenched? I can't, I can't remember ever hearing anybody preach on that. It's not popular. It's not fun. It's not, you know, nobody wants to hear it. it. But it's there. He talked about it, and it's real. So, so I'm saying all that not, not to get you down. I'm trying to say all that to keep, keep you in perspective of all these things. How are we doing? You doing okay? All right. All right. Will he find faith on the earth? So let's talk a minute about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, in the beginning of the first verse. Now this, I'm going to read it from King James, and then we'll switch back over to NLT. Now faith, I, I do it because, because I'm so used to the King James, or the new King James. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Will he find faith on the earth? Let's figure out exactly what faith is and what it looks like. How, for by, the, by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. The elders obtained a good testimony. All right? Now, uh, switching over to NLT. Faith, now, I, I like the way they say this because it's, it's more explanatory than, than the New King James. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. If you have it, you're not in faith for it. You don't have to hope for what you already possess. You, you, you understand that? But here we learn that faith, and we'll, we'll boil it down real quick. Faith is a confident assurance. A, confidence, a confident assurance, which seems like it makes even a little more sense that way. I am I am. Faith says, I am settled. This is the way I believe. This is what I'm not changing this because it's based upon God's word. Uh, you had faith in that chair when you sat down in it today. Nobody, nobody I, I bet there's not one person in here who came in and checked that chair to make sure it would hold you. You see, you had a confident assurance about that chair. You have a Almost confident assurance that your car will start when you get in the parking lot and you won't have any flat tires, right? Nobody wants to think about that, but I've seen it happen. I've been here for nearly 41 years or oh, over 39 now. All right. So we're talking about faith. What, what is Bible faith? Brother Hagin used to teach it all the time. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. They have, no, that's Hebrews 11.1. Uh, Mark eleven twenty three and twenty four. What things soever you believe, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Is Mark eleven twenty four. We understand. We were taught faith at at, at Rama Bible uh, College, and and we learned it good. But I'm telling you, we have to see it from a little bit different perspective. It's not different, but it's a little different perspective. You have to be confidently assured. If you have confidence and an assurance, you're not going to be moved. You're not going to be moved. Uh, thank you for that amen. Uh, I, I can always count on Robin to amen me. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Verse 2, through their faith, 
the people of old, people in the days of old, earned a good reputation. Now, this, this leads us to a question, because Jesus is saying, will there be faith in the earth when I return? Well, you know what I like about that statement? I don't like most of it, but he's going to come back. He's going to return. He's coming back. Turn to your neighbor. He's coming back. Don't worry about it. Don't lose hope. He's coming back. It's been a long time, but he's coming back. Encourage each other. He's coming back. He's not going to wait. He's coming back. Understand that. And, and a lot of people say, well, yeah, well, when, how? You know, he said, I'll, uh, I'm coming back soon. <laughs> End of revelation there. Return, uh, uh, rejoice, I, I, I come quickly, he said. What's quickly, Lord? 2,000 years is quick. Uh, you live in a different place than I do, for sure. All right, everybody with me? He is coming back. Hallelujah. But will he find faith? That's the issue. That's the question. That's what we have to ask ourselves. How tough are you? How tough are you? How tough is your faith? We all sit here in this air-conditioned room, you know, uh, with all, all the benefits that we have as Americans, you know, even the poorest among us have, have, uh, have, have things that they don't have in other places. You know, the majority of poor people in America live in a, 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 at least two-bedroom domicile, whether it be a house or an apartment. They have a car. Some of them have two. They have, they have uh, cable TV or satellite, and they probably have more than one TV. They have an iPad. They've got telephones, and many of them smoke cigarettes. Now, that's not poor. You, you, you can't be real poor if you, if you smoke, right? Have you seen the price of those things? I, I'm glad I quit before they became a dollar a pack, and now they're $50 a carton or some unbelievable. I mean, I, 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 I thank you, Lord. Not even just for the health part, just, you know, I'm Scottish. I'm Scottish by birth. I'm Jewish by the new birth. Now, if you understand the nature of those two people groups, then you'd understand where I am. All right. I, I, I side trip so easily. I'm sorry. What kind of report, what kind of testimony? And, and it's the, one, one version said elders, one of them said the people of old. What kind of testimony will your faith present? They obtained a good report because of their faith. Now, we're going to look at what, kind of, what that faith looked like here in just a second. But I want, you, I want you to think on these things. What kind of report, what kind of testimony does your faith present? Hard question, isn't it? Anyway, all right. Everybody take a deep breath and relax. Breathe. Turn to your neighbor and say, I like this guy no matter what. Just, just, uh, yeah, it helps. Verse 3, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe he spoke and it came to pass? Huh. So you got faith but you can't prove it. You just believe it. Now, see, we're going to have to hold on to this kind of faith, the same kind of faith where you say, I am saved, I am born again, I am going to be with the Lord when I leave this planet. That's faith. You can't prove it. You don't have a ticket. You don't even have a reservation or that you can see, but it's yours. And don't let anybody try and talk you out of it because, you, you know, you'll, you're ready to fight when they push it. I, I you know, no, you can't tell me I'm not saved. Not, not, not necessarily physically, but you're, you're ready to contend. You know, you are born again. Do you know you're born again? Yes. See, that, that's settled. It's confident assurance. That's what we're talking about. Confident assurance. But will the Son of Man find faith on the earth when he returns? Always pray. Never give up. Okay. All right. It reminds me of a joke. I don't tell jokes very well, and most people start laughing when I try. But, but, but the scientists of this world 
had, had, had made some advances in cloning, and they, they decided they can clone a human now. And, and they're so blatant in their pride that they, they said, what do you think about that, God? And he was real quiet. said, I, I got an ale. Let's have a contest. Let's see if we can make the best man. And so God answered him and said, all right, let's do that. Let's have a contest. So you get all your guys together, all your stuff together, and I'll meet you here on Monday morning at sunrise. A showdown. So, so they showed up, the whole troop of them, 450, you know, Baal's priests. You know, if you're a Bible student, you got that. And God showed up. And they said, let's begin. And he said, so be it. And he reached down and grabbed a handful of dirt and began to form a man. They reached down and grabbed a handful of dirt, and he said, stop. You have to get your own dirt. I've always liked that one, mostly because I can remember it. <laughs> so we believe the universe was formed out of nothing, out of nothing. There wasn't a, he didn't have a bulldozer and a track hoe and all that stuff. He spoke by faith, and it became. That says something about you and me. I, I want you to understand something. L listen. I don't care what anybody has told you about what it's going to be like when we get on to get a, a, you know across the Jordan River in, or into the you know into the Promised Land, so to speak. You understand? We we hear all these kind of things about what what it's going to be like. Uh, back back in the day, people used to think we're going to become angels and fly around with harps, which is ridiculous. He didn't. He, he he's got those. He doesn't need any more. We have no conception. Matter of fact, Scripture says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2 that it says, eye has not seen nor ear heard even into the heart of man. We haven't even imagined. We can't imagine. You have a finite mind, and we're talking about an infinite God. You cannot imagine what that new you is going to be like. There is no comparison except that we will know you as you are known, 1 Corinthians 13 says. I will recognize Deidre. I will recognize my dad, even though he's a young guy now. There. I can't wait to see Marilyn. You have no idea. So, so, so this is something to hope for. You haven't seen it yet, but have confident assurance that this is better more worthwhile than anything. You'll look back and say, if I'd known how good this is, I, I would have sold everything for this. I would have given up anything for this. I would have been much more consecrated, dedicated, and active for the kingdom had I known what was waiting for me. I, I can't emphasize that enough. You, I, I keep studying this stuff. Most of you read, study, study. If you, go, if you, gather, if you gather with us on the gather groups, I emphasize, study, dig it out, ask questions, call upon the Lord. I must know. Don't just read. Anybody can, a monkey, um, well, let me rephrase that. Anybody can read through the Bible in a year and say, I've read the Bible. But I don't care. It doesn't matter to me whether you read the Bible. I'd be much more impressed if you're an authority on the Gospel of John than if you read the whole stinking Bible. No, the whole Bible. Can't. No. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. I have to stop there. What kind of evidence does your offering make? And I'll just leave it at that. I have to ask myself these same questions. Gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his examples of faith. 
your life will still speak once you're gone. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He's, one, he's the first one. This is the first rapture in the Bible, by the way. Enoch was raptured. He disappeared because God took him. That kind of describes what happens at the rapture, doesn't it? We disappear because God... Okay. Um, but before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. He was known as a person who pleased God. Are you known as a person who pleases God? Just another hard question for you to answer. I told you I was going to give you some things to think about. I want you to think about it. We have to know today as never before because we're in a day like never before, and it's, we're going to see days that we've never seen before nor will ever see again, Jesus said. We'll see them. So you better answer some questions about who you are and where you are. All right? Everybody said amen. amen. Oh, thank you. Uh, even if I have to pull it out of you, I'll get it. It is in verse 6. You see, verse, verse 5 and 6 are connected, but we always read Hebrews 11 and 6 all by itself. Verse 6 is about somebody who pleased God. So verse, I mean, verse 5 is Enoch. Verse 6 says, it, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That he who comes to God must believe that he exists, believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There's a lot right there in that scripture. It's a faith scripture. Without faith, you can't believe, you can't believe in God. Without faith, you can't diligently seek him. You have to walk, do that by faith as well. Everything you receive from the kingdom will come by faith. It doesn't come by UPS. It comes by faith. We believe God. We believe God. Do you realize that that's what it was said of Abraham? He believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's how you got saved, no matter what you thought it was a sinner's prayer. You believed the Word of God, and that's what got you saved. That's why righteousness is accounted to you, because you believed God. Faith, all right? But faith is going to have, have, to, have to stretch a little bit further yet in these days. Am I doing all right? I'm not leaving anybody behind, am I? Look at your neighbor and say, you're not sleepy, are you? All right. Diligently seek him by faith. He says he rewards. That, that, that word is not used very often, but when it is, it's terribly significant for us. It's terribly significant. In 1 Corinthians 3, at the judgment seat of Christ, if you build on the foundation of Christ that's laid in every life that's a believer, then if you build out of good, good material, the, the Scripture says you will have reward. You will have reward. And I've, I've heard guys with loads of, uh, you know, they're proud of their humility. They're so humble. And I, say, I, I don't want any reward. I don't want any reward. You know, I just, I just want a little log cabin in the corner of heaven, and, and I don't want to. He said he wants to reward you. Were you going to say, no, Lord, I don't want a reward? Are you going to tell him no? I don't think any of us are going to tell him no about anything when we're there. All right. S diligently seek him. Study. Ask questions. Seek him. If you don't know the answer, his Holy Spirit's going to teach you things that you've never known. Ask him. Don't just read, all right? And he's going to reward you. How is he going to reward you for diligently seeking him? No, you're not going to get a check in the mail. You know, somebody's not going to come up and give you a blessing, you know, slide a hundred in your pocket. No, he's going to you're going to get to know him. You know, above all, everything, he wants you to know him. I've heard the preacher say, oh, it's impossible to know God. His ways are higher than our ways. On, on, no, he, he said he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. Matter of fact, in Jeremiah 9, he said, if, don't boast about any of those things that you have in the world, how strong you are, how good looking you are, how much money you got, you know, uh, you're, you know how you're related to the Queen of England or, or whatever. If you're going to boast about anything, boast that you know me. That's what he said. This is eternal life. Now, um, 
I'd love to do this, but I'm not going to take time to do it. I'll just go through it. If I ask everybody, what is eternal life? We'd get answers like, well, living forever, uh, you know, the kingdom. And that's, if you read John 17, 3, you've all read it before. But you never saw it because I'd never seen it either. And I'm, you know, I, I just try to stay about one step ahead of you guys or hope so. I read it and I said, oh, my gosh, there's a definition. Jesus gave us a definition of eternal life that I've never seen before. And Jesus said, now, if he said it, don't you trust it? All right. He said, this is eternal life, to know the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. That's eternal life. All right. That didn't cost anything. I'm going to throw that in. No charge. All right. Seek him. Seek him. Verse 7, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat. We know of the ark to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened. Warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Think about that. Think about Noah. Did you, are you aware that up till Noah's day, it had never rained? And now there's going to be a flood? You'll read in Genesis chapter 2, I think it's the sixth verse, how a, a mist would come up from, it said God, is, God had not sent rain yet. A mist would come up out of the earth and water the whole land. A mist. It had never rained. And he's saying it's going to rain so much you're going to have the, the, you're going to have the floodwaters from inside the earth. It's, it's going to rain and pour for 40 days and 40 nights. And it's going to flood the earth. That's like... How would you explain that to somebody that's never seen any, even rain? May never have seen an ocean. But he obeyed. See, that's, that's one of the marvelous things about Noah's faith. He obeyed even though he didn't understand. Even though he had never seen anything. He didn't have anything to base this on. But that's believing God. It's, it's constant, uh, a, a constant acceptance without having to see it. Without having to have a physical reason to believe it. You guys getting the message here? All right. I haven't got to the punchline yet. Verse 8, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed God, obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. That's a key point right there. Because you, if you recall in, in Galatians chapter 3, it says Jesus became the curse for us because cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us. You see that? You remember Galatians 3.13? I'm sure you all remember that. It says and that the blessings of Abraham might become ours. Well, what are the blessings of Abraham? Well, here's one of them. We share in the inheritance. We share in the inheritance. But that's another story. He went, on, he went without uh, knowing where he was going. He had no idea where, where there was. Have you, ever gone, have you ever left on a trip like that? Let's go someplace and we'll know when we get there. Well, that'd be an adventure, wouldn't it? And make sure you got your, your gas card. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he had reached the land of, that God promised him, he lived there by faith. Now, now we're getting here to the meat of what we're talking about. Because this is what I want you to see. And this is what I want you to think about uh, dealing with your own life. He lived there by faith. He, he was like a foreigner living in tents. He was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those are, that's Abraham, his son, and his grandson. They lived like foreigners in tents. What does that mean? Unlike everybody else that came to the land and planted, they did not build a house. They didn't build houses they didn't build cities. They didn't build states or nations. They stayed in tents the whole time. This is significant. If I tell you it is, it is. Just have faith. Thank you, Nanette. I'm having more fun than you are. He lived there by faith. He was a foreigner, like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking 
forward to a city. It wasn't that he didn't want a city. He didn't want a city there. He knew that there was another. I don't have time to show you how he knew that was coming because that would, that would take you off on a whole other rabbit trail. I've shared it before here in the, in the sanctuary, but, but I, I just don't have the time today. Oh, I'm already over time. Abraham was confidently looking toward a city with the eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. I'm going to hurry here. It means I'll re- it was it was even it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep His promise. She believed that God would keep His promise, and so a whole nation come from th- came from this one man who is now as good as dead. A nation with so many people that, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there was no way to count them. All right, now, now I'm going to show you what real, true faith looks like. That's, I'm getting up to the whole reason for all this babble, all right? Verse 13, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. All these people died. That's, that's Abel, that's every one of them. They died believing the promises. They did not receive it. You know, some people say, well, if God didn't give it to me, it must not work. Stuff like that. This faith stuff doesn't work. Well, you don't have any, so how would you know? You may have tried something that you called faith, but that faith does, this is what faith looks like. Faith went to the death, still believing the promise. Still believing the promise. Does that mean anything to you? They died with the promise on their lips. They didn't go back on it. They said, they didn't, the last breath didn't say it must not have worked because I didn't get it. All right, this is important. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that there were foreign, they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking toward a country that they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared a city for them. All you have to do is read the Bible. You find out he has a city for you. He has a nation waiting for you, and this is not our home. When we grew up in, in I, grew, I grew up in the 50s and 60s when I was a kid and then high school, graduated in 1965. I was born before Israel was. I think that's that's pretty significant too. Older than nation, older older than the nation of Israel. I think that's cool, actually. How many people can say that besides me and Nanette? We're older than. I called on you. Oh, and Robin, Robin's there, right behind you. There's three of us. We're older than Israel. Oh, Doug, sorry. Four of us. Uh, well, it's good to know I'm not alone. You know. Anyway, they looked. They were. Foreigners, they were pilgrims, they were nomads the whole time that they were living on planet Earth. They didn't put their permanent roots down here, even though, you know, we've got pretty permanent roots in Texas. You know, when they hand out rewards, I hope I get Texas. That'd be cool. Just thought. Or, or, or maybe just one city, you know, I'll take it. I, I, I don't deserve the whole state, but... I want, us to, I want us to think this over. We cannot live here like this is our home. We can't live here like they are destroying our home. Listen to me. This is not our home. Jesus said it. Paul said it. Satan is the prince of this earth, of this world. I'm sorry, world, Jesus said. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he's the God of this world. That means that this world is under his sway. Adam gave him the dominion. Are you you with me? We were born into that. We were born broken. We were born into Satan's family. That's why we had to be born again, because you had to change families, and you can't do that unless you die to one and are raised to the other. So we died with Christ. We were raised again with him, and we're born again into the family of God. That's why in John chapter 1, it says, to all that believed, he gave the right to become children of God. Because I grew up, everybody was singing, you know, we're all the children of God. Well, that's just hogwash. 
That's not scriptural. That's a nice thought, but it's not. We've been given the right to become children of God because we were not born children of God. I'm telling you the truth. It's biblical. If you don't believe me, come, our, come talk to me. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll show it to you. Black and white. Prove it to you. And, and anything I say today, I'll try and prove to you. And, and I, I encourage you. I may try and trick you. So go home and, and, and check out what I'm saying to you today. Serious. Serious. How many times have you gone and looked up the scriptures that the pastor used in his sermon? Very. Thank you, Robin. But then... But then you've been, you've been checking me out on my scriptures too. So, But very few people do that. And, and the problem is, is that there's so many pastors, God love them, I was one, that don't know what they're talking about. You hear pastors to... Well, that's a, Andrew and, and Caitlin are not in here. I think I have a few more minutes. Don't tell them I'm still preaching, okay? All right. I think it's incredible that because of what they believed, that they were, they were not a part of this world system, that they were not going to set down roots into this world system because they saw how broken the world system was. They looked for a city. Abraham knew there was a city coming. We know that there's a city coming. It's called New Jerusalem. We know that. We know that. We believe the Bible. The Bible is truth. Now listen, God was not ashamed to be called their God. What does that say about all the Christians who love the world? Listen, think about it. All the Christians who got their roots in the world system, all the Christians who love the world's ways, they are enemies of God even though he's given them Everlasting life. Is that, is that kind of crazy? It, 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 sound, it sounds backwards. He loves his family. Satan stole you from his family because his scripture says he knew you before the foundations of the earth. That means even before your mom and dad thought about it. That is even before your mom and dad got together. He knew that you were coming. I don't know. I can't explain all that. Please don't ask me to. I, I just believe it because the Scripture says it. That was one thing our, my dear Baptist brothers got right. That bumper sticker says, I believe it. Uh, the Bible said it. I believe it, and that settles it. Trouble is they only believe parts of it. All right. So we're coming into a time, and I'm going I'm to conclude with these, uh, one more Scripture here. We're coming into a time of great trouble we see it on television, but we haven't seen it in Beaumont. Praise God. But we have to be ready. We have to be ready. In Revelation chapter 2, Jesus, and by the way, Jesus, uh, Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the revelation of the end of the world. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. He revealed these things to, to Apostle John. And, he, and he's speaking to the seven churches in, in Revelation 2 and 3. And he said to the church of Thyatira. He said, it's, and the, the scripture tells us it was a corrupt church. There were several good things about it, their love, their patience, their faith. But I have this against you. And he said, their sexual sin. And this is a serious issue in all of today's church. And I know most of you, and I love most of you, and I know that most of you are very, very, sold-out Christians. But let me tell you something. And, and he talked about the sexual sin in the church. Well, we don't have any of that. Well, I don't know what's in your mind, and you don't know what's in my mind, but we live in a very sexually-oriented world. All you do is watch a, a, watch a toilet bowl commercial, and they use sex to sell it. Are you following me? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Dear Lord God, the sign out here above the church. I'm sure glad they changed it from one of the handcuffs on it. But that's Cindy's. This is not an ad for Cindy's. It's talking about the novelties and the, and the toys and, and all, all the sex stuff. Can you imagine a store back in the 60s dedicated to sex? 
and not just husbands and wives. Anyway, moving on. That's, I'm trying to express to you the age we're living in is very much unlike any age this nation has ever seen. It's, it's bathed, it's baptized in sexual immorality. And the scripture is very, very clear about sexual immorality. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing. Well, sin, sin. Well, that, you go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and 6. It said, every other sin is not of the body, but sexual sin is of the body. And how dare you join the temple of God to an un, 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 unholy temple or are you following me? We have to be very, very cautious about this. Now, the problem is, oh, I don't do any of those things. I'm not, I'm not messed up with that. Wait a minute. Hold on. Jesus said, if you think about these things, if you look at someone to lust, you are, it's the same as committing adultery. I don't know what's in the mind of the, of the saints in the churches, but I know the temptations that I'm faced with on a daily basis the way they come and go, you just deal with them. You fight them. You don't give any place to them. I'm a stranger in this broken world. I'm a nomad in this broken world. I'm a foreigner. This is not my world. It may have once looked like it, but it's not any longer. It's a plague in the world today, and it pervades our church. Jesus spoke in, in that, that same verse there. He, he speaks of those things who, as the depths of Satan. The depths of Satan. Scary. But sexual sin is the depths of Satan. Go back and read the Proverbs about what, how dangerous adultery is. Especially, what, five, six, seven, eight, right in there is repeated over and over and over. All right. But now, we're going to get over to Revelation 2, 23. Now, it's gonna, now, now I'm going to give you the good news. Here's the, here's the icing or whatever you want. Verse 23 says, Then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person. You see, it's not about what we do alone. It's about what we think. And I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. Verse 24. But I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who have not followed this false teaching, this depths of Satan. Deeper truths, as they call them, the depths of Satan, actually. This is from the New Living. I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come again. See, there was a, there was a group within that church that didn't follow that. Now, we're a, we're a group in the church of, in, in the world, and I believe that we're, not a, we're a church that doesn't follow that. But at the same time, we're all vulnerable, ladies and gentlemen. Don't say you're not. All it takes is the right person to come along, give you the right wink at the right time when your husband or wife are mad at you. And it's amazing the th thoughts that can suddenly come to you. For 40 and a half years, I never had, I, I never struggled with that. Because Marilyn told me, if you even think about it, I'm going to cut you up into a thousand pieces and send them to every corner of the county. <laughs> that's, that's a quote. <laughs> I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. To all you who are victorious, who obey me to the very end. To the very end, in spite of all the trouble. Here's the whole purpose, this whole thing, ladies and gentlemen. And that is, we're coming into a time when people are, it's going to get so difficult that we're going to say, they're going to come to, they're on, at their wit's end, they're at their the end of their rope and they're tying on it but not it's going to be so difficult and we're going to say where and the people are going to say and this is why there's a great falling away at the end of the age where is Jesus I didn't know it was going to get me this bad I can't believe it's this bad they're going to kill me on and on and on it's going to be terrible and but not for us who stand in faith he hasn't changed he still knows us, but, but they're going to look at their circumstances, and this is the way the world does. They look at what's happening, what they sense, taste, touch, feel, or smell, and they make decisions based upon that, not based upon the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And so they make a decision. I could go into We could do this another hour and I could, I, without breaking a sweat. I wish I could, but I'm not. Could we have a leaders meeting now? We have to be alert and aware. And I thank God for every one of us here today 
because, but do not kid yourself. Once COVID is passed, things are not going back to normal. There is no, they said this is the new normal and they were right because they are in this broken world and they're fixing it. Our new normal is we're, we're, we're foreigners, we're pilgrims, we're strangers in this land, but we're looking for a land, we're waiting for a land that we know is coming, a city that's not built by broken men, not built to, 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 uh, to, to exalt money and sex and all these things, a city that's built to exalt the holy God. Now listen, here's the cream on top of the, on top of the cake. Here, here's the good stuff here. Hold tightly to what you have until I come. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end. Now listen, this is God's words. To them, I will give authority over all the nations. So that you remember I said I would like to have Texas. They will rule the nations with a rod of iron, and they'll smash them like clay pots. In other words, what that means is that that doesn't mean you're going to be mean. That means that your word is law, just like his word is law. Sons of God are trusted by their father to speak on his behalf, and he backs up their words. That's what a son of God is. Sons and daughters, that's just, that's just gender children. Sons of God. Or those who have put, they, they're tried, they're tried, they're tried. They've passed the test. They, they're standing up. They're, they're strong. The Word of God abides in them. And the wicked one, they've overcome the wicked one. They've overcome him. And they're sons of God. And he will back up. He's going to give you authority. He wants you to run this world under his son, Jesus. A man's going to sit on the throne and born again, spirit-filled, new-bodied men are going to rule the planet with him. If you qualify, if you qualify, if, you, if God's not ashamed to call you his God, if, you're not a, if you've got a good testimony of faith, if you always pray and never give up, they'll have the same authority I received from my Father, and I'll also give them the morning star. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is what he is saying to the church. Hear, hear, hear him. There's something waiting for you that you can't even yet imagine. It's so good. This world is not worth it. Divorce yourself from this world system and let's, let's become kingdom men and women as we never have before. Fight those thoughts. Kick them out when they come. All, the, all those temptations Otherwise, do not love this world because he is its enemy. You read in James chapter 4 and others. He's the enemy of God. Are you with me today? Will you answer those questions that I've asked to yourself? Answer those questions. What's my faith like? Can I have, would I have a good testimony with my faith or is it weak? Well, fix it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You can do this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. Always pray. Never give up. I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, it's not an easy thing that we've heard today, but you spoke it to my heart some time ago, and it's been working ever since. And, and I'm, I'm too old and don't care anymore whether people like my message or not as long as it comes from you. So I just ask you that the things that we've heard today, that it'll sink down into our ears, Lord. Sink down into our ears. That it'll change us from the inside out. That we'll, we'll be victorious. That, Lord, no matter where we started, no matter what it's been like, no matter, no matter what kind of, whether, whether we messed up over and over and over or not, finish strong. Right now, you can't change the past, but you can, you can draw a line in the sand like Davy Crockett or Jim Bowie. Who's going to cross over this line with me? And don't go back. Don't go back. Finish strong. Turn to your neighbor and say, finish strong. And that's all I have to say about that. God bless you all.
Everybody stand, please. I'm going to dismiss you right now. But before you leave, I want everybody to meet Carla, who came with Sherry. And I want you to hug at least three people and tell them, I love you like you mean it, okay? If you don't know their name, give them your name first. And then say, what's your name? Get, don't, let in, don't leave here today without knowing everyone in here. All right? Will you do that? We're kingdom. This family. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Bless us as we go. Keep us. Bring us back together soon. And we will always walk in faith with you. The faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's in the name of that, our Lord and Savior, our soon coming King. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.